This episode of Writing Excuses has been brought to you by our listeners, patrons, and friends. If you would like to learn how to support this podcast, visit www.patreon.com slash writing excuses. Season 17, Episode 24. This is Writing Excuses, Ensembles and Genre. 15 minutes long. Because you're in a hurry. And we're not that smart. I'm Dan. I'm Zoraida. I'm Kayla. I'm Howard. And uh, what we're going to talk about this week is uh, what I think is a really interesting take on this that I had not considered until uh, Zoraida pointed it out. But the genre that you choose, the, the genre in which you're telling your story, uh, can greatly affect what kinds of ensembles you have and what kinds of uh, groups of characters you have. And so, Zoraida, what do you, what do you mean by this? So I think that what I was gearing toward was the idea that, yes, science fiction and fantasy uh, can be told through a single hero's journey lens. I am still trash for this format. Um, But at the end, but, but we understand, we know the trappings and the genre expectations of ensemble casts when we enter something that's fantasy and something that is, um, or, or even a, a, a sitcom, right? Like we've, we've been talking a lot about sitcoms the last couple of episodes. Um, but then you get something like uh, a, a more quiet contemporary, uh, a thriller where you have a single point of view and it's like one person working alone, right? Uh, James Bourne, to me, is not an ensemble cast. You know, it's just like a, tr- a woman who is tragically... Uh, dying along the way <laughs> uh, as he moves from from European city to European city. I binge watched all Jason Bournes and all uh, uh, Daniel Craig, uh, James Bonds, and I could pinpoint like the moment somebody was going to die after watching them for so long. And how only- long ago did you do that? Because we may have been that, challenging um, each other. I did that a month ago. I did that a month ago. Yes, it was like March. <laughs> It, it was it, it was March. We did we did all the Daniel Craig Bonds and we oh did all God. of the Jason Bourne movies. I I feel like we're in sync then. <laughs> but it it you know it is so like so those genres I feel like uh, you sort of expect them to be about one person and uh, I I I feel like it's a challenge and it's a good challenge and you know I feel like readers listeners. Uh, who are working on their own stuff, like you can think about, well, how does my genre now change the, the, the expectations that somebody might have as they're coming into my story? It, and it all boils down to the prom- the promise of the premise when we're uh, offering up uh, a, a, any kind of story, if that makes sense. I think one of the with two things. One, uh, season eleven of Writing Excuses, where we talk about the elemental genres, is a perfect place to touch on this because one of the genres uh, that we identified as elemental was the ensemble. This this large relationship. And then there was the idea that you could take that large relationship and blend it with any of the other elemental genres, you know, sense of wonder or you know, suspense, thriller, whatever. I don't remember what they were. I just remember that, I just remember that they were. Um, and a good, a, a, a good uh, example of this is comparing the Oceans movies 
to the Avengers movies. The Oceans movies are an ensemble with a heist, and there are things about a heist that are going to happen that that you see, you know, obviously with, with that cast. One of the superhero conventions in the Avengers movies, those are superhero genre, um, this genre requires that at some point, every hero, not hero and villain, every hero will test their powers against every other hero. They have to fight each other. In the Oceans movies, Danny Ocean doesn't go fighting every member of his team. That's just not part of the genre. In the Avengers movies, we get Thor versus Iron Man. We get Thor versus Hulk. We get Thor versus, or we get Hulk versus Black Widow. We and that Matrix. Once you once you're familiar with that aspect of the genre, you look at the Avengers movies and say they were mapping this by the numbers. They knew that this needed to happen because it's something that the fans of superheroes expect. So when you are building an ensemble, you have to keep the, the genre in mind because there are going to be there are going to be uh, uh, elements of that genre that are hard and fast requirements that if you don't deliver on, people will say, "Well, yeah, I liked your cast, but you weren't really telling an ensemble, or you weren't really telling a superhero movie, or you're really doing a heist movie. Why did the why did this guy have to box every single one of his <laughs> his fellow heisters? There's no reason for that." Well, now I want to write a a heist story about, like, old-timey boxers, but... Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate megastores led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. Uh, no, I want I want to get back to the espionage thing. Uh, this is a little early for book of the week, book of the week, but I'm going to lead into book of the week uh, because Zoraida, uh, you brought up James Bond, and I think this is a really interesting thing to point out. The Bond movies are not ensemble cast. There is a recurring cast of important side characters, mm-hmm. and by the time you get to uh, No Time to Die, you know we're even going to doing things like we go to Q's house. Um, you know we we get to meet you know we we know m so well and then she dies and they get a new m and these are important characters who are integral to the story but it is still very much a bond story he is the main character it is not an ensemble because the story is not about how do these characters relate to each other the story is about bond and these other characters will help him now and then compare that to our book of the week which is actually a tv show uh this is a show called slow horses on Apple TV, and it is an ensemble spy story set in modern-day London. Uh, Stars Gary Oldman and a bunch of other people who you won't recognize. (laughs) 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 Thomas is in it. Like, there's definitely some known people. Uh, But uh, Gary Oldman is the boss of a group of spies who have all failed. They've flunked out of something, uh, and they call it Slough House. Uh, They are the misfits... Uh, they are the losers. They are the people who screwed up and they got somebody killed or they lost some important intel. They haven't been fired. They've just been kind of put out to pasture as the slow horses. And they stumble onto this big, really kind of fraught 
uh, espionage story. And there isn't really one of them, not even Gary Oldman, that you can pull out as the main character mm. because they as a group are working together to solve this problem. Uh, really, that pitch makes it sound like it's a comedy and there's definitely some really funny lines in it. Uh, but it is it is a tense drama that is an ensemble spy story. So yeah. Slow Horses on Apple TV. That sounds really great. Like you really had me at that. Um, it's and- so good. It, you know, and it, it made actually made me think of, uh, would you consider Man From U.N.C.L.E. an ensemble cast, like an ensemble spy thing? I wouldn't. I was about to say that I would consider Man From U.N.C.L.E. a buddy comedy. But, yes. Right, uh, because the then there's the added, quarrel. The, yeah. added the third spy. It added, uh, what's her name? Brie Larson? Um, no, it no. Was. I don't know. There's... The she was into American guy well. and the Russian guy, and then they add the, American, the British lady. The Br- she's um, British, okay. <laughs> so yeah, it, it's a buddy comedy with three buddies instead of two, uh, which maybe <laughs> tips it over into ensemble style. Maybe. I don't know. It's well, like they all, they, the each one of them, they all intersect, right? I feel like there's something to say about on, what is an ensemble cast and also what is a love triangle, right? Like, because mm. in order to be a true love triangle, all three points to me have to intersect. Otherwise, you just have a love tent, right? Where there's like mm-hmm. the person who is the object of affection and then two little dots where the, the people are, are related suitors. to her. Yeah, two suitors. And then, and then if it's a true love triangle, all of them have relationships with each other. So I guess the thing that separates that doesn't make man from uncle, but man from uncle does have them all interacting and each one has their own goal and, and they're supposedly working together. I don't know. It's a gray area. Apropos of nothing. uh, One of my greatest sadnesses of the last several years has been that man from uncle did not turn into a franchise. Cause I love that movie. It was so so much. Good. <laughs> it is Henry Cavill at his most charming. He's so it is uh, Army Hammer pre public meltdown, mm-hmm. and um, and yeah, such such a it, wonderful setup. We didn't get more. I'm a big <laughs> fan of spy stuff. Anyway, I do love spy stuff too. Um, So let's talk about some other genres. What are the genre expectations we get into with different things? And how does that affect um, the cast? So, for example, we've talked about detective stories and thrillers, which often are very single point. One POV, uh, you know, they'll have some helpers, James Bond style, but they, they aren't necessarily ensembles. Fantasy, on the other hand, tends to be big, sprawling epics with multiple POVs. Uh, Sometimes that's an ensemble, like Fellowship of the Ring, and sometimes it is just a bunch of different POVs. How how did the expectations of genre change the way that you write your stories? And Kayla, you haven't said anything yet, so I want you to... (laughs) I was mostly, I've never heard of the things you were talking about, so I was just like sitting in the background, (laughs) two of my thumbs, trusting, you know? (laughs) Um, But (laughs) yes, um, so I actually was just thinking about the relationship between between genre and ensembles. Um, I think a lot of it has to do on what kind of tone overall you want, because ensembles on some form is family. It's found family. It's like family dynamics on some level, inevitably. 
Um, so like in a thriller, detective mysteries, things like that, you actually want to cut out a lot of that if you want a tense, a tense, frightening sort of adventure, because in ensembles, there's also some form of safety or some form of I'm not in this alone. Um, where if you take out people's support system, you get naturally a very natural form of tension, of fear, of heightened things, because being alone in a frightening situation is always more frightening. Uh, the, the reverse, though, of course, is if you wanted to take a twist on that, you can take the use the ensemble to make it more frightening. Like you can grab the person who the people who matter to you and you put them in danger and you can get the fear that way. Um, so I was just thinking that there's a lot to offer from that. Like uh, fantasy often is about adventure, um, at least for me. The ones I write particularly are about adventure. <laughs> um, and I like to use my ensemble to explore different options. Like I love fight scenes. Again, that's probably the anime influence of my life. You know, all of like the shonen fight shows. Um, I love to see the different ways you will fight when you're with the people you love. And the more you get the more you understand each other or know how to work with each other, the longer you've been working with each other, the difference the it, that will definitely affect the way you fight, for example. You're like, you get more natural. There'll be less screaming of like, ah, get over, over here, here, because you'll know how to work with each other. Um, so mm -hmm. I think that a lot of it can come down to tone what you want to execute in the story. Do you want high tension? You've got to use your ensemble differently depending on, on that. Yeah, yeah, that understanding that the understanding that distinction is why people will often say that uh, the Incredibles is the best Fantastic Four movie ever <laughs> because the Incredibles got it. The Incredibles got it, and none of the Fantastic Four movies did. In writing the uh, the Shafter's Shifters uh, series, um, yes, it's going to be a, a series. Assuming people mm -hmm. buy it. Um, uh, one of the things that I, I realized was that what I was aiming for was Guardians of the Galaxy meets Murder, She Wrote. Ooh. <laughs> okay. now, a great pitch. Yes. Murder, she wrote, Murder, She Wrote is a cozy, and there are rules for the cozy genre. And I, actually, I went and read these, and as I read the rules, I was like, oh, oh. Oh, that's why so many of these scenes I'd written in my first draft didn't work. Because in a cozy, the detective is never actually threatened. We don't actually see violence committed, um, and and so I had to I had to change my approach in order to fit the genre. And once I changed the approach, I realized, oh, this is exactly Guardians of the Galaxy meets. Murder, she wrote, because I'm not actually threatening the guardians. I'm not blowing stuff up. I'm having the fun banter and the fun aliens, and I'm solving a mystery in a quote unquote safe way. And uh, I just I hold this forth as an example because for me, learning the genre and actually googling and reading what uh, the expectations were for this genre is what made the story work. Yeah, I, um, I, I want to add, too, that a lot of this comes down not just to genre, but to culture. Mm, Look at mm -hmm. a Western action movie, and it often comes down to a one-on-one -on -one showdown. No, don't come with me. I have to do this myself kind of thing. 
compare mm-hmm. that to a lot of Hong Kong action movies. And no, they're like, yeah, this guy's really tough. We're going to need all of us working together to beat him. And, you know, obviously there are exceptions on both sides, but um, the the different cultures can influence whether you're using an ensemble or not as well. Mm-hmm. I think ex- understanding the expectations of the genre really helps us turn them on their heads and create something mm-hmm. that might be a little unexpected. Absolutely. And that is what our homework is this week. Uh, we want you to look at uh, something that you're working on, your work in progress or something you've done in the past, uh, and imagine it as a different genre. Change the genre completely and then consider, would your cast need to change? Would your ensemble need to change? Would you need to create an ensemble? Would side characters need to be promoted to main characters or vice versa? Uh, just as a thought experiment uh, to look at your own work. Anyway, this has been Writing Excuses. You are out of excuses. Now go write. One more thing. The 2022 Writing Excuses cruise is happening this September. All the regular hosts will be in the Caribbean, along with a few special guests for a week of workshops, community, and, of course, writing. We'd love to see you there. Writing Excuses is a Dragonsteel production. Jointly hosted by Brandon Sanderson, Dan Wells, Mary Robinette Kowal, and Howard Taylor. This episode was mastered by Alex Jackson. If you aren't familiar with Locus Magazine, they're a long-standing and respected website, magazine, archive, and resource for science fiction, fantasy, and horror. Basically, they're the industry magazine for our genre. They also run the annual Locus Awards, a top-tier award that recognizes new, diverse, and excellent voices in speculative fiction. They tell the storyteller's stories through author interviews, book reviews, curated reading lists, international industry news, obituaries, and more. Locus has meant a lot to me, both personally and professionally. In my career, I've been interviewed by them, and I've also turned to them as a source of understanding who is involved in the industry. Locus is holding their annual fundraising drive to keep their doors open, lights on, and future bright. I'll be contributing to their crowdfunding campaign by donating a cutscene, some original art, and a couple of other things like, do you want to do a one-on-one chat with me? So join me in supporting Locus. Locus. 